This episode of the Disc Golf Podcast is brought to you by otbdiscs.com. Only the best discs has a huge selection with high quality pictures of each disc, actual disc weights, flatness, and stiffness listed. Did I mention fast shipping? Get it free on your next order at otbdiscs.com using promo code DGPODCAST. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 253 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin, and alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. What's up, guys? <laughs> I, was trying to think of I can like, feel the excitement. 253, it feels like... Uh, I think you really... Like a big area like Once code. we got past 100, you no longer had answers for this because they couldn't name football players. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, I it, it just... I don't even know what you're supposed to do. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Is it like the security code on your credit card? I like no. Or maybe we just like don't need to assign. But that's like a, just a you know. Well, I mean, if the number like actually makes sense and is cool, then sure. But if it <laughs> doesn't, then you just gotta. I think you just gotta let it be. Yeah, yeah. And come up with some other like craziness. You know, well, like, here's the thing though. Be- I'm an, a, like numbers stick in my head, um, uh-huh. and just for some reason, two five three is is stuck in there, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I just, it's just there. Joe is the disc golf rain man. You can throw a random number of discs on the ground, and he'll be able to tell you exactly how many there are. It's just well, that's because as I tell is. you how many there are, I just start picking them up. <laughs> so then I don't actually give you a chance to no, count no, no. them and find out if it's true or not. <laughs> Just grab them all and say, scream a random number. 47! <laughs> yeah. Was uh, it really 47? Yeah, it was. I mean, it Don't sounds right. It. it was 47. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back. Good to be back on pod. Yeah. Um, We're sorry we missed uh, all of you guys for like the last three weeks. Well, you, uh, you and Scoots did your thing. Yeah, but that was just a pre-show, so they, oh. we didn't do a main show because I exhausted his talking ability in a in a pre-show. I didn't listen, to and it I didn't yet. think people wanted to uh, to hear about you know Star Wars. Is uh, that what most, was that what it mostly was? No, no, the the end was. Could we have released that as a like an actual show last? No, week? No, no, definitely not. No. Did Scoots get hammered? Not really. No, he was fine. Well, that that's where you went Sco- wrong. For for uh, those that's of you, you wondering, wrong. Scoots is my my younger brother that Joe's talking about. So, uh, but yeah, we've got like lots of cool disc golf stuff that's been happening, right? You know, there's been big tournaments and um, you know awesome uh, disc golf shots that have happened, right? That's been lots of cool stuff that we've got. Yeah, there was the uh, Northwest Southern Illinois <laughs> Open and Cookout. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we're like entering into the season of uh, of player speculation as to where who will change teams and and whatnot. Uh, it you know obviously nothing can ever beat the season where Paul McBeth went to Discraft and trolled us about it for like yeah no two and a half ever, months. Like, that's that's we yeah we're we're, we're never gonna get there again well, the, 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 that was the peak we can we'll never get an off season like that ever again especially i mean since- unless a player who really didn't have a sponsor or was like sponsored by an open bag company and then they said like you will have a contract forever and you will make hundreds of millions of dollars oh yeah yeah oh that happened I, I mean, I about the hundreds of millions. Hundreds of, dollars. of millions. It was, you know, millions. A million could be made. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, millions I mean, could be made. I mean, we could make a million dollars on this podcast. We could. It's possible. Totally, it's possible. Inflation. Um, and we do it for forty-eight years. Yeah, and, yeah. There's, there's all kinds of, all kinds of stuff ways that, that, that could make happen. that happen. Uh, I mean, it's not going to. Yeah, not get, that that. You know, said player won't um, make millions. They're not going to. But it doesn't mean they won't. They won't. Um, you know, we'll all find out. It'll be all fine and dandy, and that's good. But, yeah, so lots of player movement, lots of pros that uh, are free agents. And by lots, I mean not very many. 
and a lot of people are just resigning with where they're at because it makes sense. But you know, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. I have a I have a, a a disc golf question for you, Joe. Oh, good. Um, your favorite discs, and this doesn't have to be for for this could be an a, an us answer and a uh, a regular person answer. But the discs you love and throw on a regular basis, what is the minimum number that you would want to have as backups, both on the course and at home? Mm. So two different numbers. So total minimum backups, and then like, do you carry a backup in your bag? So here, this is a this is a tri- trick in the sense of some of my favorite discs are like dumb, stupid drivers. So I'm going to whittle it down to favorite, also um, most used favorite, like something that um, I throw, you know, multiple times around because I'll tell you right now, I've gotten to the point and I know uh, it's very anti-Joe of past. Um, I throw distance drivers a lot less than I throw everything else off the tee included, not just uh, whatever. Anyway. So I, I mean the f- the first disc that comes to mind right away is a Thunderbird. Like Thunderbird is like mm-hmm. my aside from my putter, aside from a pilot um, slash maybe a bullet here and there. This is a great option because because uh, you and I both throw Thunderbirds and we both throw different versions of Thunderbirds as well and have backups of each one. Right. So I'll, I'll I mean I'll run exactly what I have in my bag and then I'll tell you. How many I think we need to own. You don't have to go exactly on your bag. Just like a general, your favorite disc, you brought the Thunderbird up. And just like, what what do you feel safe with? And then... I bag, I bag four Thunderbirds. Um, like various states aware, but it's also like I know... Now, are you two plastics on those, or do you, you have Pro and you have G Star, right? Do you have a Champ one too, or just I've, Pro I, and G Star? I still, I, I still have a, a seventeen Colling Bird. Oh, that's right. So I have a Star, a Swirly Star, uh, two G Stars, and uh, Pro. Okay. So I've got four in the bag. The G Star is the most versatile. I throw it the most. The Pro's kind of becoming in that same world where. Dependent, um, like those three are kind of interchangeable for the most part. If one of them, if I lost one somehow or whatever, I'd feel pretty good having a different G-Star or the Pro to fill in that gap. The stability of the Germbird is kind of a tough one, which kind of would be a bummer, but I throw it less than the others because it's more stable. Um, but I feel good with that. I probably could just go down to three, but I... Not as understable as yours because you have a G star that's like super beat. Um, I do have two states of G stars, uh, and then for like backups on the shelf for later, uh, I don't know, three hundred. Yeah, all all of them. I was gonna say like my real answer is when I find a disc I love, I buy as many of them as yeah. I can possibly find, and I stash them. So in some cases, I have like ten or fifteen. I was going to say we probably have 10 G-Stars. But but I think that like for the normal person that's not a fucking psychopath um, discorder uh, like us. Yeah. I, I think y- you should probably have uh, of your favorite like go-to discs. Like uh, generally I would say like we're out playing and I would say most people you could finish the round and you could log your shots on certain things. And you would find five or six discs that you threw the overwhelming yep. oh, totally. majority of the time. Like you, you threw the same driver, the same mid range, the same putter that, you know, those like four to five sorts of discs, you threw them over and over and over again. And then you mixed in some specialty shots here and there. Yeah. 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 Totally. So those four to five discs, you need to have at least three, like two to three of each of those in your bag. I would say, yeah, like your your go to yep. staple discs, and then you need to have at least a matching amount back at home in your garage. Yeah, like, well, here, the, like, the, the honest answer is G Star Thunderbirds. One backup at home is fine. 
Pro Thunderbird, one backup at home is fine, especially because those two and those plastics, the wear isn't a huge deal except for your one G-Star. Yeah. The other question is like, do you play water courses? Because oh, then well, triple these numbers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would say the, the only outlier I was going to say is like, like run specific. Like I have multiple 17 germ birds because there's not another germ bird like it or not another Thunderbird like it in my comfort zone. So I want lots of those because, and I've said this to Robin on the course and I've probably said on the podcast, like I totally want to be the dude in 25 years that loses my 17 germ bird and, and I'm able to pull out a fresh one and be like, <laughs> I've got another 10 years on this. Like those what if we're specific still releasing ones, germ birds in, in, they are though, but I don't like any of the other runs that yeah. have come out. Like no, I do it is that funny. run, I mean, you know, the same thing with like the 17 sexy birds. Like we got a whole bunch of those. Cause I like, I really like those ones. And, um, I tried <clears> to go to an 18 and a 19. One of the, the best suggestions that we got from people in, in our like request for ideas is to do the the sexy bird comparison over the years, like yeah. all of them. We do I don't have a fifteen. That's the only one I don't have. But so if someone wants to send like, us uh, yeah, the most valuable sexy bird. Yeah, if somebody wants to send us like the probably three hundred dollar or whatever it is on Facebook these days. I will give you uh <laughs> two uh <laughs> Two 18s, two 19s for a 15. Ah, we could just start with 16. It'd be good enough. Like, come on. Like, yeah, no. We each have a 16. It'd be fine. Yeah. I have. We have all of them since then, since 16. Yep. I swear I had a 15. But I think when, when Sexy Birds first came out, it just it wasn't that big of a deal. And then suddenly Nate Sexton, like, the champs versus chumps thing happened. And he, like, like ah, you it know what? Champs vs. Chumps happened before Sexy it Birds. It did. Right? It did, because Sexy Bird was this like special little yeah. unicorn. But it was also like But the first Champs vs. Chumps was that like was that like like twenty fourteen? Maybe Dela? Was that what it, it was Day the first one was Dela yeah. for sure. Like so like maybe twenty fourteen or so was the first one, and then the first sexy bird was twenty fifteen. That sounds I feel like that's right. Very, very right. Um, so like someone will let us know. I guarantee. Sexy birds gain steam with the the fame of because like that was Nate Sexton's coming out party in terms of the the per, disc golf personality. Oh yeah, that he is. Oh yeah, now like the power. It was like a, it was like a slow start even too. It was just like oh this guy, all right. Yeah, like oh this guy's witty as fuck. This guy's a personality. Like, yeah, look at you with your jokes. Mm. Yep. But yeah, <clears throat> but it could have been could have been simultaneous. But I feel like it it. It had to have been right after, like, because they realized he was marketable and, you know, Firebirds and, like, got yeah. his own plastic. And it was, like, a plastic that, that no one had ever really seen before. It was, you know, Color Glow. It was, like, the first well, and it was, kind and of and runs it was, of that. And they, and they messed with the mold, too. It wasn't yeah. a standard, standard Firebird mold. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but anyway. like, if that's the case, like, if that's the disc that you're, you're working after... Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I I would generally say, and I don't follow this advice like ever, but just try not to pick unique and rare molds um, for your favorite discs. And I'm the worst possible. Or spend person. the premium and just know you're gonna do that. That's true. That's true. Just know you're gonna spend some dumb money, but and you really enjoy it, and it is what it is. Yeah, and don't complain about it, and don't. I don't. But know. I would say, I would say the the biggest thing would be. If there is a disc that is currently available that you throw all the time that you love, don't hesitate to buy multiple backups. Like just, just have them. Like if because plastic varies year to year, things change. Like just, just get a few. Have them. Just like we're all here because we like to buy discs. People, let's just buy some discs and you know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick digression. We get right back to this. Okay. Um, You've done so much work on the Shedio since last winter uh-huh. that, like, I legit have to take my flannel off because it's too warm in here. Yeah, it's like. Whereas this time last year, I had to go get a jacket out of my car because it was ass cold in here. Correct. Correct. Okay, sorry. Go back. To, yeah, discs, backups. Um, buy them all if you can, but you can't and shouldn't. <laughs> um, but consistency is huge too. Like you said, I. Uh, I have a moonshine 
trespass in my bag that I've had, I don't know, for four years, five years, the oldest disc in my bag, that is still more stable than pretty much every moon, actually every moonshine trespass I've bought since then. I don't know what run it was. I don't know why it is, but I have not been able to find one that I really like better than that. And who knows, to be totally honest, thinking about it out loud right now, should that disc go away? I don't know that I'll carry trespasses. Yeah. You know, that's tough. That's tough. It's always hard. Like, I think for one, I um, like those discs that are like 10 plus speed. I'm not really a, a 10 speed arm. I think the fact that I love Thunderbird so much is because I'm more of like an eight or a nine speed arm in reality. But, you know, I still can get a little bit more distance out of the 11 and 12 speed discs like that. But it's touchy. It's not the same. And so, like, I find day to day, like, do I need that? Do I do I where's the possibility of pushing 20 more feet, you know, make up for me possibly turning it over and being 70 feet right? Totally. Because I tried too hard and threw like a whole bunch of ox off axis torque and and left it way off to the side or whatever it or is. Just yanked it because I was trying to just put everything into it. Yeah. So it's tough because I feel like that gets into it to some degree too when you're trying to mix stabilities on that upper end. I'm not throwing them as much, so I'm not as like dialed in as I am with some of the discs that I throw more often, like the Buzz and the Thunderbird and you know FDs. Um, like that's A3s, A3s too. Yeah, there are a lot of A3s, but uh, but it so it it's tough when you like I can see that too. Like you you if you get to a point you can't find the disc and you're not in the right groove. Sometimes I feel like there are times when a disc came out of my bag when I loved it when I first put it in and it purely came in because I just didn't throw it for like. 15 rounds in a row because it didn't like fit with what or like I put it in my hand and it didn't feel right and I took it out and like yeah. you know I it's I over the last two doesn't years, help that we re- review discs totally. on this show all the time I've had such a flow in and out of my bag uh, like the biggest one that has come like in and out in different <clears throat> iterations for the last like few years have been the FD yeah F- FD's like been in out like like the same way Thunderbirds were for a long time. I had like four in my bag and it's gone down to three and then two, one, zero back to three, then two, then. And it really just like is based on like how you're feeling for a few rounds. And and that's like the same thing. I think we talk about all the time with our putting, like how the feel of your putt is off for like a handful of weeks and it's just awful. Then finally, like the touch comes back and you're, mm-hmm. you're into it. And I feel like I have the same thing with drivers, more so fairway drivers where I'm like, Oh, it's all clicking. It's all perfect. I know exactly how to put the right amount of power to flip it up, get a little turn. And then I can't get there anymore and I don't get it. So then I pull it out, go somewhere else, do that until it doesn't feel good. Then go back to the other one. Like I have the most movement and, for the first time in my disc golf career, and I mean, I'm going on like probably a year plus of this, the like the most disc. Well, when the, with the caveat that I consider nine and below still kind of that fairway ish, control ish, I lump them together. That's the majority of the discs in my bag are nine and below speed discs. Like, Oh, totally. Double the amount of distance drivers, whereas there was for sure a point in my disc golf life where, I don't know, I probably carried some ungodly like do you, do you, 12 distance drivers. I mean, I, I know my answer for this, but but do you think that the majority of disc golfers should even have discs over nine speed in their bag? The majority? Yeah. No. No. I, I don't even th- I, I like there are a lot of days where I don't think I should even have them in my bag and I just have them for like a couple of scenarios. I certainly don't throw them a ton of times, but mm-hmm. I, I, like honestly, you could probably drop that to seven for the most part and still 
be there. But but when you get to seven, you get to that more driver profile, and it has uses. And even even when if that player doesn't have the arm speed to make use of the full flight of that disc, that disc will still do different things than those slower discs. Get better fade right. skips, things like that. And but, if you know how to throw it, that's fine. Like Jason, I'm assuming he's listening right now. I love Jason, our buddy Jason. Like he throws a rampage, and I'm like, the way it flies for you is not how it's intended. It's not how it flies for me. But <clears throat> you're you're parking holes with it. Like you're you're riding that hyzer good. Like you're putting it where it needs to be, and you're comfortable with it. And it like is I don't know how I feel about it, but it's working. So mm-hmm. I like there's no reason to not have it because you know exactly what you're doing with it. Yeah, it's just not what it's intended to be. So it's also figuring that piece yeah. out of it. You know, I mean that's a huge part of it. Like if if you're throwing it and you like it and you're having a good time and it's working for you, who am I to tell you not to exactly. put that disc in your exactly. bag? Exactly. With that, said, like if your goal is to get better as a disc golfer, then that you probably you like to like really unlock higher levels. It you really do need to learn how to throw those slower discs and learn how to throw something on a straight laser beam. If you're a, a lower speed arm and you're throwing that high speed disc, you're not going to be able to throw a perfectly straight shot. You're going to have to work with angles all the time. And if you get in a narrow spot, you won't have really any um, any recourse. But you know, for the majority of players who are just out there to have a good time on their Saturday or whatever and and throw some shit. Uh, who cares? Get it. Well, I feel like there was also, uh, I mean, that dude, I we heard about like a few years ago, ago at like GBO, who's playing like MA1 with like nuke OSs on the dirtiest like forehand mm-hmm. Anheusers, but was shredding up the course because he knew what he was doing with it. Yep. Like, do do you... Um, but understand that when you do things like that, Mm. you will get to courses that you can't shred, like a wooded course where you don't have room for hookups, you know, for that big, like pan out to hook back up. Like then you'll understand what you need to do. But with that said, if you're playing, just regionally you're not about to be a touring pro you're just playing leagues in your local area and you've got all the shots down like have fun whatever like do you totally agree um with that said could i drop down to like 10 and blow nine and blow and probably do all the same yeah probably but it's fun to pull on a distance driver. <laughs> like, like that's honestly what it is. Cause I'm in that, like that, in that same vein that I'm just saying, like, and I, I should I'm also, never going to be a touring anything with disc golf. I, I, we should also note, like if you're on the course and you're having a rough day with your form and you're having a lot of off axis torque, um, and you're turning things over like, and you just want to have a good round. Then yeah, maybe you do need to have that faster, more overstable disc just to like save your round, because that's what you want to do. Yeah, and I don't really have any problem with that. Like the the form gurus of the world would tell you to take your lumps and and work on your your form and uh, and disc down and and try to solve the problem with form workouts a lot of people don't have the time to go jump around in a field yeah. and throw their discs for an hour each day and that's that's fine they right. can Here, they can do here's, that here's the real world if you're fine with what you're doing and you're scoring just well enough and you feel good about it great if you start <clears> complaining <throat> about like oh i want more distance or if you're if if that's the world you're in then yeah, that's hundred no, percent on you. If yeah. you're if you complain like, about, like, oh man, I just turned over that new quest. No, you didn't. Nope. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like if you're complaining about, like, I wish I could throw farther or blah blah blah, like, you you probably can. You just yeah. gotta stop messing around with what you're messing around with. Yeah. Um, there's totally ways to get there. Just because you have the highest speed disc, which we've been preaching since the very beginning of this podcast, and I was the ultimate example, I probably still am. Um, you got it. Doesn't matter how fast the disc is if you can't throw the arm speed to match it. Yeah, it does not matter. No, 
No, definitely not. Uh, so, like, I, there are a ton of people that have probably just, like, lucked into the discs that are in their bag. Like, they got into the sport, they got a disc, they have no idea what it is, they got taken to a course, or they went to a course on their own, and virtually zero idea of how to play the game, or what to do in general, and their bag got, like, like permanently molded by that original yeah. choice. Yeah. Like, that original thing was part of it, like, you know... I was lucky enough to like get an AVR and like a beast just randomly. Like those right. were there may have even been an arrow. Um, I've got a good question for you after this. After, oh, okay. I mean, shoot, I just, I'm just, you're just, okay. Here's, here's a fun one. If it were not for this podcast, I can already think of one. that's probably the same just for both of us, but you might have a different one in your mind. If it was not for us doing this podcast, what is a disc that you threw when we started playing together, not earlier in your game because you started going before me, like when we first started playing together, like really playing, like right before we started this podcast, mm-hmm. what was a disc in your bag that you think would probably still be in your bag had it not been for our ability to test out all these discs and mess with stuff? Probably the Beast. Uh, I like. I don't even know why I don't bag them anymore because I probably could have layered them better than anything. But my favorite beast, I just I made it so understable yeah. that it was like a gadget disc at that point, and because I didn't really understand the concept of layering when it was my favorite disc, and I learned how to hyzer flip it, and and uh, then it got to the point where like you know it's a roller, and I still will put it in when I need it. Yeah, like I know exactly where it is. Like you're ready for Tahoe right now. You're like, yeah, oh, like, I got beasts for Tahoe. Yeah, like I'll I'll pull that out. But like I think it had I layered beasts over over the course of my my disc golf life, I think I'd be better off. You know, instead of like you, we always see it. Like one of the most susceptible discs for me in our deer reviews is like that nine speed minus three minus two something like that. <clears throat> You know, like the heat or like the, uh, uh, <clears throat> what was it? Like, you know, free tails, things like that, where I'm like, yep. ooh, I like the, because I love a disc that you can put some Mantra, air under, yeah, mantras, yeah, yeah, totally. put some air under, get a lot of power, and just watch it turn over and glide out. It's just such a fun shot. I love watching that. Valkyrie. Like, easily my favorite thing to watch is a shot where you, you get a nose down angle, but you, you, are still aiming up which might be confusing people but it's possible i promise uh and watch that disc hit an apex of height and then just pan from left to right and pan and pan and pan and get all this distance just seemingly effortlessly it's it's my you're right that's the right disc for you i had a different one in mind but now the more and more i think about it like still that's for sure that one so what's your answer i mean just me being both both uh both for me what what did you think it was for me and then what's yours so i thought the same one for both of us but i think you make a lot of sense i think i'm gonna say this one and and not that it would be something you would layer the same way or play with the same way i think it would still be something that you would for sure bag um and that is something that we have a dumb amount of boss Really, I. Uh, that's the one of the ones that, like, I know for sure I'm done with. But, but I don't know that you would have had it not been for this podcast. I don't know. I think I would have kept playing disc golf, and well, we would have kept playing disc golf. But I don't know that. I, I mean, mean, at one point, I. I mean, I still do have a lot of them. But. Well, we got a ton of them. Um, I I loved them, and then I started. So this is the great, the great trajectory of bosses for Joe. Loved them. Then started. Uh, you, I'm gonna say it out loud because Robin can see it, but it's audio. "Quote unquote," started turning them over, mm-hmm. um, which was probably in my prime, like my prime, prime Otzi days, where everything I was turning, everything was too understable. Which was oats and probably some Anheuser and wrist roll all together, and they were too understable. Went away from them, 
and then like a year or two later tried to go back to them um and then they were too understable like legitimately too understable <laughs> and i was like okay like that was came out on heiser and flipped up and turned over yeah okay yeah um but i mean i still i still there have been at least before we dismantled the wall probably the last year that the the wall was up in the shedio at least four times that I pulled a, a beast or a boss off of the wall and brought it home because I was like, "All right, I think I'm, I, I think I got this." Uh-huh. And then played, and then brought it out to the course, and threw it like twice. And went, "Nope, that's too understable. Like, <laughs> just it doesn't, it doesn't work." Yeah. With that all said, or or you bring it out there and you're like, "Oh my god, this is the most overstable disc I've ever thrown in my life." No, because like, I always took uh, the last year. I took the ones that I knew. Oh yeah, I took your like orange one and like oh, another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Quig's like, "No, I don't like this." And as I'm saying all of this right now, I'm still like, "Maybe I there might be a bo- <laughs> there might be a boss that might be fun." <laughs> that orange one. Th- I mean, there might be a hole where <laughs> it's really fun to throw that. We thing. can make this happen. Yeah, sure, sure. Why not? Um, okay, so here, I mean, we're just, we're just making stuff happen. What? If you guys haven't noticed, uh, there's no deer review in this episode. We're, we're still trying to get back on track and we're just, we're just having a good time talking about this golf to each other. So, so once again, I know the answer to this. I like, I know it. I'm sure you're going to say it since the podcast started, um, and just our like disc golf relationship increased cause we like mess around and played, but then we started really throwing what disc is in your bag. Ah, I probably still would have made it in there. What's like the, the biggest disc that went into your bag since we started this podcast. Since we started the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess at this point it would probably have to be the a3 nope but i no i mean thunderbirts yes thunderbirts. okay it's yeah i was like what the fuck are you talking yeah, about no i just i just totally a billion like, percent but to thunderbirds. Me, thunderbirds have made it into my mind as like it's i've just always thrown them like that which that's, you didn't like i had to coax you into getting a thunderbird yes at de la thank you for posing a question just so you could toot your own horn about how you finally found one disc for me to throw that's true i mean i'm like, not trying to, that's all i got all right i mean you got to trespass in your bag but. so i think we should talk about uh about eric oakley at least briefly oh yeah yeah <laughs> disc golf uh things outside of ourselves but so eric oakley is now with infinite discs um and it, uh, another pro that will be throwing an open bag and um, I know Infinite Discs is doing quite well with their business because they're selling discs. And anyone that's selling discs in this day and age is printing money because you can barely keep them on the shelves. Yeah. But do you think that the fact that Drew Gibson and Eric Oakley, we now have two open bag players. They're not best friends. That are, you know, reasonably good you know like both of these players are very very capable of finding themselves in the top 10 or top five yeah of of uh of a tournament they're probably not gonna win i, I do i do believe they're a tier apart i think I'm so just too gonna, i'm just gonna I, like i think that. i think on any given uh week as disc golfers are a tier apart and as good people that we like they're a tier apart <laughs> Two two directions, yeah. But like, two, two but directions. yeah, like Drew Gibson on his best day can beat anyone in disc golf. Yep. Uh, Eric Oakley on his best day can be best friends with anybody in the world. <laughs> Eric Oakley can be top four in a tournament, depending on what it is. Like all the all the big boys are there. Eric Oakley has the best day of his life. I think that's like that's. I, I, I want to say higher. Like Eric Oakley is very right. good, and he's been in there. But I still think his his like top end is, you know, he can of course win a tournament. That that's a bi- totally. That's one hundred percent the case. I'm just talking about like here. Here's all the, the marbles in there. Like on that's on, on, on his game. Exactly. That's that's the thing. You know, like his, his best day and others not as good. He wins. I, Whereas, I, yeah, we're talking ceiling here. Drew Gibson, his absolute top tier performance 
can go toe to toe with the top tier performance of, of Paul McBeth and Rick and, and Eagle, Calvin and Eagle and Calvin. He's yep. that elite in his talents. Yeah. Um, like when if he's banging putts like he was at the very end of the year, yeah. that like that of course like that's the thing. But getting back to my my point was. Uh, now that they're best friends, so, <laughs> does he sign a Penrose contract? Too? So, like, like the most elite players are, um, or are single brand, and they're signed with a single yep. brand, yep. and they have their line of discs and all that sort of thing. <clears throat> are these guys doing this because that was their best option, like in terms of of money, or is this? I mean, they probably are because it's their best option, but I, like. Or is it going to be something that we see expanding with a lot of players where we're going to see mixed bags sponsored by most likely infinite so far, both of them that we know of are infinite sponsored, you know, the biggest disc retailer that we can think of. So what is the mold break where it's like how many, how many players can infinite sponsor at this level? And will there ever be like a truly elite player with an open bag? Who? I mean, it's 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 money. It's dependent on money. Yeah. If if Infinite can give a ten year, ten million dollar contract mm-hmm. to someone, but like, yeah, yeah, like they they could do like. Do you think Paul McBeth three years ago wouldn't have been like Infinite? You're gonna give me a million dollars a year base. And make some discs for me that I can uh-huh. sell and I can throw whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. He's not jumping on that. He probably would, but they weren't there at that point. So, yeah. The, so it could go, it could go a few ways. Right. So that's the thing too. Like technically all of like the brand sponsorships are just like, uh, well, they're, they're brand sponsor. You're not technically on a team. You're being sponsored by a brand and the stipulations of their sponsorship is you only throw their product, which I don't know will always be a thing. It may be like, yeah, of course it will be. I, I mean, that's how dude TV networks don't even mention other networks on their air. If it comes through like, yeah, if you're sponsored by a single brand, like you're gonna, you won't even mention other brands like, right. But will could there be a world? Let me take it. That's let's take it. Let's take a step back. Could there be a world where the PDGA just opens up sponsorships and fucking uh, calling it sponsored by Budweiser and oh, that dude, pays I think his big ass contract and then he can throw whatever the hell he wants I, and then maybe he gets maybe he gets a uh, discraft sponsorship but he's like hey I'm, I'll carry like three your discs and I'll like pimp them but I'm gonna carry what I want. Because yeah. I get all my money from Budweiser. Yeah, like I, I I'm glad you said that because that's kind of where I was going with this whole thing. Uh, because I think we are going to get to the point where it's like kind of NASCAR-ish. Yeah, where like you know you got Ricky Bobby with like the the sticker he can't see throughout his freaking windshield because he's got so many advertisements on his car. Right. You know, like, uh, and we're already kind of getting to these things where these pros have sponsors. Like, who did Yuli just get sponsored by? I mean, he's well. Yuli just got the like cart company. The, yeah, the uh, it, gosh, why am I blanking on the cart? Whichever those Whatever. Be. You can tell that Joe and I aren't cart people. Our courses have rocks, people. It's hard. It's for not us. Delta because Delta's dead. It's the other. Yeah, one. Zuka. Zuka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Zuka, but he also has his uh, Bushnell sponsorship. Yeah. Like he's where's Bushnell? But I, hat? I think we are hundred percent moving towards the uh, the jerseys where people have a disc sponsor. Well, they and do. Numerous like, other. has got like seven different tags yeah. on his and crazy like an anime shirts. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, he's got all sorts of like random stuff on his shirts that he gets paid for, and it was like okay, because I can't pay you enough yeah. to say you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, it, like at this point, the way way these player sponsorships are going, and I think we're finally at the point. We talked a few years ago, like when when Paul McBeth uh, came out, and when Paige Pierce left Dynamic to go to Discraft, and like, and we're like, what are these contracts? Like, are are these just are, are they? Do they even have contracts? Like, how do they just binding like, are these contracts? Like, yeah. Like, did these people are they just employees? Like, did they even receive a handbook? Like, do these disc golf companies even have HR? And now we know they do. Uh, now, and I think we do actually. I would assume most of these players have now written contracts 
but but like I think for a, a very very long time up until the last like year or two these contracts were like at best verbal <laughs> and I mean they're probably written but I'm like I feel like they're probably in the world of and I work nonprofit so I like deal with lots of MOUs and it's like should either party want to you know Pull yeah. out. You must give thirty day notice. Yeah, like I yeah. feel like a lot of them. A lot are of that. them. Yeah, like, are, are it's, that sort it's of not thing. like you must pay back the whatever yeah, or hundred percent. Like any profits you make must be paid to us until you reach X amount. Like yeah, that's not there. I, I'm assuming it's getting more there. Um, but I, I think like I, I what think it really is going to be. Where, like, what it's going to be is fucking. Uh, I'm going to go back to Jeremy Colling just because I really like the Jeremy Colling sponsored by uh, Budweiser. Like, Jeremy Colling sponsored by Budweiser, but he has Thunderbirds sponsored through Innova. Yeah. I, I I think... And it might be exclusively you can only have a mold from... Like, you c- can only stay with us and have the Thunderbird through us if we're the only one that you're mm-hmm. manufacturing a disc through. Here's here's my thought. Um, If we ever get to a point... Where Budweiser or some company that large would be able to be Nevada, the principal it. sponsor for uh, for a a top tier disc golfer and be their main source of income. Oh. Another big fish will have jumped into the disc manufacturing yeah. process that we don't even know about. There are a lot of companies that do injection molding. With plastic and make all kinds of complex shit. It's not fucking rocket science on that level. And a lot of very, very smart people that make a lot of money that handle aerodynamics and flight and wing design. And if it gets to a point where corporations that large see disc golf as a moneymaker, there will be a a very, very large company that emerges from major investors and sponsors them in that manner. Budweiser, if you're listening, I will sign up right now to be team manager for Team Budweiser. Yeah. Or or just flat out do it do it the old fashioned way and just buy Discraft and and then that just becomes Budweiser I mean, Discs. That's that's how the, the corporate world has done it forever. You know, when the when the little business becomes a Titan, suddenly it gets bought. And becomes part of the fold. So, uh, it's gonna be so rad when Arby's buys Discraft. <laughs> I'm on Team Arby's. <laughs> Have you had a meat mountain lately? I, I, I what? Oh, it's a thing. It's like a like you know how. Well, I don't I've never know. been to an Arby's. I have. Are once. there Arby's in California? There are, and you want to know how I know and why I went to one. Oh, okay. Uh, there is one by the mall in Chico. Okay. Which is right off ninety nine. Okay. So at one point, driving to work on Skyline to Paradise, you had to poop. No, I was hungry, and I was like, eh, and you had to some. poop. You no, also had. To I poop. was like hungover, probably. So uh-huh. I was like, so you definitely had to poop. No, but I knew I was gonna poop when I got to work. So I was like, <laughs> let me just get that like rolling. <laughs> just, um, just, and plus, I don't need sauce. So I didn't have the horse sauce in hyperdrive. Um, but I for sure uh, was like, I'll go, I'll go check out Arby's. I haven't been to Arby's. Like they got commercial stuff. They got the meats. Right, they got the meats. And then I got Arby's, and I was like. Okay, so I had Arby's. Cool. All right. We're <laughs> that done. that we're, tasted like cheese, meat, and bread. We're we're done with that. That's neat. Uh, and then I did a really good job of being like, oh, shit. I got to go to work soon. I got to run over to Naya real quick and get a burrito for, for later because I'd rather have a veggie burrito from Tacos to Naya than Arby's. We should note that the, the, the true pioneer in the uh, mixed bag, open bag, uh, was the, the professor, the professor yeah. Dave Felberg, who uh, paved the way for his predecessors in Eric Oakley and Drew Gibson. So, and I feel like credit where credit is, is due. Weiss? I don't know. One of the, there's a there's an FPL player that's. You're probably right. Yeah. Well, I, th- I feel like there's actually an FPL player to be totally honest. That's open bag, but not like infinite sponsored. She just didn't get a sponsor. Uh, maybe I'm not yeah. sure. 
I, I think at the moment, the open bag players are possibly just players that they are good and they are touring pros, but they they see better opportunities to, um, you know, make their own, uh, you know, make their own destiny, so to speak. That's probably yeah. a little over, you know, over dramatic, but, but, you know, signing a contract with dynamic discs to make X amount or... I could do this and I have some incentives and I can throw whatever I want and I can make a bunch of content and use my own, you know, social media prowess and maybe get a little bit more and get to do what I want. And, uh, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm all for with that said, I'm all for, uh, and Eric Oakley building the bag. Yeah. And Feldberg tried to do it, but it just wasn't consistent and a fresh sinus. Zone, it's like a fresh, fresh sinus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and like throwing discs that we've thrown and be like, no, that's not how that flies. Like you just didn't. Okay, but all right. Fuck, I fucking I, Dave. Yeah, fucking Dave. So with that said, then, I don't know if there was a press release where he talked about it at all, and I know in our Slack group it was talked about a ton. Does Oakley lean on the felon as he has forever? Because he had so many. Of course, why would brand? he stop throwing felons? Like, like he he, he has to throw felons. He has or to. here's, but this would or be, this would be the game fucking change if he was like, listen, this is firebirds better were better than felons the entire no, time. No, no, he he'd have to pick something that he could put his name on and sell and market through Infinite that they could track. So he has to pick and what's in, the Infinite Firebird? I, mean, I don't know. They probably have actually a Firebird. I mold. should know this, but I just no, you don't. Shouldn't. Why would you know? If we don't. Know I don't Infinite know. Discs, but like, some there are a lot of people listening to this show that know exactly what the Infinite Firebird is, and we just don't. We just don't care. Dude, he's so smart. He's so but, smart. Infinite is gonna buy the the FD three mold, <laughs> or they own it. <laughs> they're gonna make. They're gonna use the FD three mold to make an Oakley, whatever the hell it is, <laughs> and he's gonna sell a shit ton of those. Sure, why not? Why not? And you know what else disc he really liked? That sentence sounded bad. Um, what was the other trilogy challenge disc that we had? That one we did. The, it was the Claymore, the Shield, and what was that like? Super understable fairway. That's been discontinued since. For for which brand? The uh, DD that trilogy challenge that we did that you should have won. Oh oh, uh, t- sorry with the T thief thief. He loved the thief. Okay, weird. The, the FD mold is gonna come back and it's gonna be a uh, an Oakley special. <laughs> An Oakley special, nice. Think about stepping into. Oh, that's so smart for Gibson too. Stepping in with all, right, all those... maybe it's a Scepter. Scepter's a nine-speed four glide, four fade. Does Girthy already have his flat name top? On it? So maybe all right, that's, here's the new Oakley Scepter. Like, boom, boom, yeah. boom goes the dynamite. There it is. That's so you're gonna have scepters that are gonna come out uh, with an Oakley stamp and yep. possibly a whole new name. And they're going to say and, it's retooled. And because or, he's open back, he can say whatever the hell he wants to be like, you know, I love the felon, but I always just needed a little bit more X or Y. Yeah. And the scepter. Either glide or fade, whichever whatever, it is. Whatever. Pick one. It could be different every time. It's like just a little bit faster. Yeah. And I feel like. No, um, totally. I'm just more consistent with the scepter. <laughs> Let me know if you need me to write I, your speech. I also, By the way, I love Eric who actually really wanted to come on the show. Um, so I'm not trying to really talk shit. No, but, no. Of course not. But uh, you you also have to for you, you know make sure and include that it feels better in the hand like the plastic oh yeah it just has a little bit better quality to yep, it like yep. just the, the grip like when um, there's a little bit of moisture in the air like it it still remains you know tacky and um you know just things like that well just, like like when I hit it with the whale sack it's just it's perfect and my favorite part about it is that it's so consistent run after run you gotta include jabs at your previous you know. Your your previous boyfriend in this whole thing. Oh yeah, oh, like oh, always a billion a billion percent, definitely. Um, 
And All I right. don't think he's this guy. I know we're still. I know you're trying to move on, and I know I'm he, not trying to move on. I know he's not this guy, <laughs> but it could work. Um, and I love the fact that it's made in America. <laughs> My American-made scepter. <laughs> I know he's not that guy. I'm gonna knock on some fucking wood or something. <laughs> There's no, all the woods <laughs> covered in sheetrock now. Oh, you you found some real wood. Oh, good, good for you. Except for fucking right in front of me. Is that real wood? I mean, that came from IKEA. So okay, no, but that is that for sure is. That's for sure. Anyways, that, that wood definitely probably came from America, over there. America. So I mean, that's that's great. Uh, but big, so I'm, do I'm you think pumped that, on what Oakley, if what if well, Eric Oakley gets oh gets, oh did you knock your beer? No, I didn't. It was oh, okay. my phone. I okay. thought for a second that I saw it. Uh, I heard a thump. I knocked my phone off. It, we're safe. But uh, do you think that Eric Oakley maybe decides to create a line of discs with a themed name that is like the opposite of dynamic discs? So like, like dynamic has all their like judicial system sort of thing. You know, like law and order type names. Like they're you know criminal. But they have and criminal justice and justice. And, so they're and, like on both sides. So what's the opposite of? What's the opposite of that? I don't know. Like it'd be like some sort of like Wild West type situation, maybe. Uh, like the thief. Oh shit. <laughs> or the sheriff. Oh fuck. <laughs> You're right. That's a <laughs> yeah, they, idea. they kind of they kind of got along. <laughs> uh, fuck. Like, what could his? What could like? What is left? I feel like we've had a few of these conversations. Just, um, just be like the like the one love disc golf series. It's just just all about lawlessness and oh. and love and peace and harmony. <laughs> lawlessness to peace and harmony. And well, love. if you live in a world full of love and harmony, you don't need laws, my man. I mean, come on. Yeah, just go the opposite. Go like satanic, like Hades. Oh shit, that's already. <laughs> <laughs> um, It'd be weird if, like, there was a religious disc golf for that. <laughs> um, sorry. Oh, you just had to do that. Um, I was mostly just, like, trying to find a ways that, that Eric Oakley could give, like, some parting shots. Right, like, but at, at DD, by in in the manner that he that he like, we we were going into it on the Firebird thing, like how he could talk shit about the felon. While promoting his his new felon, the scepter, right? Yeah, like what I hope it, I'm right about this because I do not know shit about. I don't the know. Scepter. You looked. It looks sounds, it sounds right. All I did sounds was right. look at the numbers and and be like, okay, that's Firebirdie. Sounds right. Sounds right. Um, does he go? And it says flat topped. No, so oh, there you go. Flat top overstable fairway driver for power throwers for utility to get around the obstacles. Blah blah blah. Yeah. That's, I mean, or does he just go like skirt just to the side of like DD names? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "This is my mid range, the honesty." Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. This is my putter, the Parliament. Uh. See, like, uh, this <laughs> the the separate renamed the recidivist. <laughs> Here's my my utility disc, the green energy. <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> this is like my understable control driver. I call it the peekaboo. Oh, <laughs> um, or or the uh, or the. Oh, they already have that fucking disc. Never mind. There's like so many that I'm like, oh, that's perfect. It's like, oh, it's already like in a trilogy disc, and it's the same thing. Um, gosh, what else does he love? Swimming in lakes for discs. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the Eric Oakley meme, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out there, just out, yeah, yeah, out in the lakes. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see plenty of stuff. Eric Oakley's always been super active on social media, so he'll get after it. I'm sure of it. But maybe he goes. He he's a gamer. He's an active gamer. Mm-hmm. Maybe all his discs are like game themed. Like this is the headshot. Like this is like the. Like right now, you're like I don't know what you're talking about because it's video game stuff. That's right. Um, 
It's like a was that like a I would say like a cool, I'd be like I'd be like it's a cool like Lego theme. It'd be like oh this is a five by one and this is a three by two. Like I don't know what other Lego language I could like give to you other than just like cool brick names. Uh huh. Um, Joe's saying that because he's sitting in front of a table full of Legos. It's- oh yeah, but I mean, but that's the whole thing. Like aside from like theme sets of Lego, like how do you like what Lego language is there that Oh, all of all of the different bricks have names of some kind. Yeah, like a three by two. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly what I just said there. Um, do you know all the names of them? No. Oh, good. Who? No. I was like, I know you're into this shit. I hope you're not like, <laughs> like, what's that flat? Like, but if you're ever curious, you have a Lego piece. There's a number imprinted on every single Lego piece, and you can look truth. it up truth and and find it and if you want oh i mean honesty if you need honesty. a replacement for it you can you can get it it's one of the, the cool things if if you need it but you know well we've divulged di- uh, this is my driver the do not enter <laughs> illegal illegal entry trespass uh, get, get oh i like this i like this just like just very very uh like analogous just direct uh comparisons to the exact same discs yeah 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 i think I that's like like, that. i think that's like that's i like that that's for sure the way yeah for sure the way to go mm-hmm. um yeah i think that'd be good i i think i think that's the only way to do it Eric. so his his new uh his new uh uh signature scepter is going to be the can't vote This is my. This I is, don't know what else. I don't know what else Eric Oakley bags. This is my uh, fairway for, driver, the Paroli. <laughs> <laughs> this is my overstable putter, the third strike. <laughs> God. Oh. Yeah, and I think that's all we got for you in this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. Oh, we'll- the putter's called the the bail. <laughs> the post bail. We'll be back at it next week with an actual deer review. I promise. I I think. I hope. I promise. Right, Joe? We're doing that. Oh, it's Thanksgiving, right? We are, are, we'll we, time. are we wrapping up? We didn't talk about Gavin Rathbun. Oh, okay. Next week, we will make sure and hit Gavin Rathbun. No, we won't. We're not going to get there. I'll just say it right now. Are we going to record a Thanksgiving episode? Is that happening? I mean, I'm off pretty much the whole time. Me too. Time, so I'm well, sure we can. We'll do something fun. Um, I'm just going to say right now, the reason Gavin Rathbun is not with this many is Kyle Klein. Yeah, Kyle Klein. Kyle Klein took that man's that man's job. lunch money. Yeah. <laughs> they for up. sure was like, we need to pay Kyle Klein. Uh, this guy is not as rad as we thought. We thought he was the Kyle Klein, but he's not. So Kyle you can go Klein's somewhere else. like. I'm going to three-putt twice in this round, and I'm still going to beat you. Right. I'm going to throw it in from 250 feet, um, and I'm going to finish way ahead of you. Peace. Peace. So that's all we got for you in this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Please be sure to review us on Apple Podcasts. We love uh, seeing those new reviews and the five stars on there. If you want to hear more from us, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Disc Golf Podcast. We do pre-show episodes before all of our shows. So if you're looking for more DGP content, there's plenty of it there. And, uh, Lastly, check out our website, throwstuffstuff.com. we got our deer reviews up on there. There's a link to join our Slack group, which is like the best disc golf community ever. So uh, check that out as well. In the meantime, get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. This is a song for the aceless. But those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do Sometimes you got to lay it up And fucking not run an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you want to put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say, hey I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it smoothly 
I'm gonna toss it so sweetly And then you say, hey, I hit some metal And then you say, wait a minute, Robin I think I'm starting to get it now Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me It's not a trespass But I guess it works for you What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA So let's go to the bar And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly And then I'll fucking hook it softly And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly But then I'm gonna hug it